Welcome to this act of worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Sally and Paul Thompson for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. 
we have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you are Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 128. Blessed are all they that fear the Lord and walk in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labours of thine hands. O well is thee, and happy shalt thou be. Thy wife shall be as the fruitful vine upon the walls of thine house, thy children like the olive branches round about thy table. Lo, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord from out of Zion shall so bless thee that thou shalt see Jerusalem in prosperity all thy life long. Yea, that thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. From the book of Genesis. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. And king Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him one-tenth of everything. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, 
hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to John. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, 
and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities stretch forth thy right hand to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last Monday, the third Monday in January, was supposedly Blue Monday. It's alleged to be the most depressing day in the year. Christmas is a dim memory, the days are still very short and the weather is often grim. I read somewhere that Blue Monday was actually invented by travel agents to persuade people to book their summer holidays. In a normal year, that might work as a strategy, but of course this year isn't a normal year. This year there's Covid to contend with too. Getting away from it all would be great, but we can't, and we don't know when we'll be able to. A fortnight in the sun, or even a decent day out, seems like a distant dream right now. Feeling blue, and worse than that, is quite understandable. Infection and death rates are still very high. NHS and social care staff are being pushed to the limit and beyond it. Essential workers in retail and elsewhere are receiving abuse from customers fed up with restrictions. School staff are stretched and many parents homeschooling children while trying to work from home themselves are at their wit's end. Our local care home, Lavender Fields, has been badly hit by this wave of Covid, despite all the care their hard-working and dedicated staff have taken. If you're listening to this, Lavender Fields, as residents, family members or a member of staff, you're much in our prayers at the moment. Of course, the rollout of the vaccine is good news. My heart is lifted every time a parishioner tells me they've had it. But the road out of this pandemic is going to be a long one, and it's leaving many scars, physical, emotional, financial and spiritual too. Many people feel they've dug down deep into themselves already and have reached the end of their own resources. They're running on empty. 
So today's gospel story couldn't be more fitting. Jesus, his mother and his disciples have been invited to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. They're just guests. They have no formal responsibility for it. When Mary tells Jesus that the wine is running out, he might sound quite dismissive to us. That's not our business, he says. Apparently, in Jesus' native tongue, Aramaic, it's not nearly as abrupt as it sounds in English. He's just stating the obvious. Providing wine isn't their job. In fact, wading in and trying to sort out this problem might even seem rude an implied criticism of the hosts, drawing attention to their shortcomings. But Mary knows her son. He won't ignore people in trouble. It's not in his nature. If there's a need he can meet, then he will. It's not just about the wine. It's about the shame the host family will suffer in the eyes of their neighbours. They'll never live this down. And what does it say about their hopes for this marriage, their confidence in it, if there's not enough wine to go around for a proper celebration. Do whatever he tells you, Mary says to the servants, and they seem to trust her. When he tells them to fill the huge stone jars nearby with water and draw off some to take to the steward, that's exactly what they do. We aren't told what they think about it, but they have to be aware that they're the ones who'll get it in the neck if they suggest to their boss that they start serving water. What kind of joke is this? They do it anyway, though, and somewhere between drawing the water out of the jars and pouring it into the steward's cup for him to taste, they find that it's turned into wine. And not just any wine, but the best wine, rich wine, wine that will make glad the hearts of those who drink it and make this party famous as the best wedding ever. Neither the bridegroom nor the steward had a clue how this had happened. But there's a lovely little detail in brackets in the story, which says that the servants who had drawn the water knew. The ones who did the work, the ones who took the risk, the ones who trusted this strange wedding guest enough to take him at his word. They dared to believe that there might be more to life and more to Jesus than met the eye that there could be hope even when everything looked hopeless, wine where there had only been water. And as a result, a miracle happened. Of course, it isn't really about the wine, however handy it would be if we could all re replenish our stocks from the water tap. And it's certainly not an invitation to get blind drunk. This is a story about the joy and generosity and, most of all, hope that God offers to us. His promise that he'll graciously provide what we need, even if we don't know where it comes from. Like that gift of bread and wine given to Abraham by the mysterious King Melchizedek in the Old Testament reading, who appears from nowhere with his gifts. God is in the business of giving us what we never dared to expect and know we could never find for ourselves. But sometimes, like those at the wedding in Cana, Hope and joy feel as if they're in short supply. What are we to do then? Where are we to find these gifts of God? How are we to receive them? Perhaps Mary's words to the servants are words for us too. Do whatever he tells you, she says. 
We can't turn water into wine. We can't find the strength we need at times like this, when life feels beyond us. But we can do whatever he tells us, and leave the rest to him. And what is that? What does Jesus tell us to do? Well, he tells us to love the Lord our God, and to love our neighbours as ourselves. First, love God, he says. What might that mean when we've run dry? At its most basic, loving God means telling him what we feel and think, how life really is for us, being with him honestly. Sharing who we are is at the heart of every loving relationship, and it's no different with God. We don't need to pretend. We can turn to him in prayer, just as Mary does to Jesus, and say, I have no wine. I have no joy, I have no energy, I have no hope at the moment. That's what loving God might look like just now. Then Jesus goes on to tell us to love our neighbour and ourselves too. How can we do that? Well, love for others and for ourselves isn't usually shown in grand gestures. It's the small things that count. Filling some jars with water and drawing, drawing it out wasn't rocket science but it made all the difference. The miracle wouldn't have happened without it. Often all it takes to love others and to love ourselves is everyday kindness. Kindness to those around us and ourselves says that they matter, that we matter, that we're all God's children, loved by him, of worth to him, whatever is happening around us. Even if it's just a thank you to that shop worker worn down by abusive customers, or a word of encouragement to a friend or family member, or taking some time to care for ourselves, it can open us up to God's presence. Do whatever he tells you, says, said Mary, to the servants and to us. Last Monday may have been blue, this Monday may be just as blue, but the good news of this story is that when we're running on empty, God isn't. Sorrow is real, but joy is real too. Despair is real, but so is hope. When all we have is water, the wine of God's love can richly sustain us. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we come to you just as we are. Refresh us when we are tired. Encourage us when we are down. Comfort us when we are anxious. And when we are empty, fill us by your generous grace. Help us to trust in your love and open our eyes to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are working on our behalf to combat coronavirus for medical staff, emergency services, researchers and all who are organising the testing and vaccination programmes. We pray too for those who must make strategic decisions, for politicians and other leaders, asking for wisdom and courage. We pray for countries where medical care is scarce. We pray that we will find ways of enabling access to health care and to supplies of vaccine which will be fair and equitable. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
Loving Lord, we pray for the wider world and especially for the people of the United States as a new government is formed. We pray for unity and common purpose, for people to listen to one another, for healing of divisions and suspicion. We pray for President Biden and Vice President Harris that they will be upheld by your strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our own community and especially for our friends in Lavender Fields Care Home, for the residents and their families and for all the staff. We pray at this time of challenge and difficulty that they will know your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are ill at this time and for those who care for them. We bring before you any who are on our hearts in a moment of silence. We pray for those who mourn, especially where mourning is complicated by current restrictions on gathering. We entrust into your keeping all who have died and ask that we might share with them in your eternal and joyful banquet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you.